0: in Christ. May the Lord be with you. Welcome to North Holland Reformed Church. Whether you're worshiping online or in the sanctuary this morning, we are glad to be gathered not by where we are, but by God's Holy Spirit, which calls us as Christ's own, who unites us together as one body, and who calls us by name. As we gather together, this is the first Sunday of Lent, so we will be celebrating the sacrament of communion today. Um, If you're in the sanctuary, there's pre-filled communion cups um, downstairs or right in the Welcome Center. If you didn't grab one yet, um, you either can do that sometime shortly here, maybe sneak out during the greeting time, or an elder will uh, bring one to you during communion. We'll double-check again then too. Um, But that's something to look forward to today. One thing that that does mean for us, just, uh, just a logistic note, um, we have a value at North Holland around children both observing what happens at communion and also having opportunity um, at age-appropriate understanding to participate in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And so um, children in worship and Sunday school will be dismissed after communion. So just a reminder if you're thinking, "Ooh, did they forget? Nope. Uh, we're going to dismiss uh, children in worship and Sunday school immediately following communion. Um, one thing following service then, when they're downstairs, TJ?
1: Yes, we'll be having a small conversation about worship over in the uh, higher ground section, so uh, come and join me, just uh, talking for a few minutes.
0: Sounds good, thank you. Um, And one thing... just to look forward to this coming Saturday, um, the Nurtured Heart training that we did. Uh, there was an in-person version yesterday. There was an online version of it this Saturday. There is still time to sign up for that. Um, I would just say, I, um, Caitlin and I went through it yesterday um, and for one just got a lot out of it. It made me think, both about how I parent um, with my own children, um, as well as how I interact with um, youth and students here in the classroom setting. So um, lots of good takeaways from it. Uh, definitely, I would say there's, there's trainings that are informational, and then there's trainings that you actually feel equipped and had some transformational element to them. The Nurtured Heart approach was one of the equipping and transformational ones for me. So um, highly commend that. Um, just look up in your directory or check an old email um, or look on Facebook for Allison Brower for the Nurtured Heart Training. That'll be this Saturday from 8 to 2. Well worth your time. Um, one other th- uh, just thing, we have two prayer quilts here this morning. And so if you're, if you're here in person, uh, we encourage you to um, tie a knot symbolizing your prayers afterwards. If you're at home, we encourage you to just write these down on your prayer list and say say a prayer for these folks and someone here can tie a knot in in, in your stead. Um, One one prayer quilt is for Kevin Westrate. Um, Kevin is the principal at North Holland Elementary School. He was having some difficulty breathing and it was discovered that he had a a faulty heart valve. Um, He had a, a surgery pretty much immediately following that. Um, he did go through the surgery well he's recovering nicely Um, we just want to pray that recovery continues well and just for the school for the staff for the students for all of them Um, and we just once again want to say we we really have loved working with Kevin he's been a great um, partner for us with ministry at the school so uh, we want to pray for him and for the school The other prayer quilt this morning is for John Rosich. Um, So the Rosich family is requesting a prayer quilt for dad, grandpa, depending on who you are in the Rosich family. Um, But John has been struggling with issues from a a recent shoulder replacement. Um, And the shoulder replacement has happened twice, um, and it's still not healing properly. Um, He then had surgery to remove and replace hardware, Um, There's a temporary spacing in there. An extensive replacement surgery will take place at Mayo Clinic in the near future. So um, the Rosich family will let us know when that's going to happen, when we get that scheduled. But in the meantime, we want to pray for John for the anticipated surgery to come. Um, With these prayer requests um, and a few others that we'll share later in service, um, let's hold these before the Lord. As we do gather um, today, we begin Lent, as I said. Um, One thing that that means, we've got a word of the week that we're going to use. So the sermon will focus on a word of the week, um, and kind of any midweek reflections we send out will also focus on this word of the week. And today's word is simple. Simple. And so as we do gather here for worship this morning, I invite you to appreciate the simple things in life and in worship, and one of the simple things that we can do is to greet and remember one another, so at this time, um, if you'll take a moment to say hi n- near those near you, um, or say hello online to those worshiping online. Let's gather and greet one another.
2: Friends, as we gather for worship this morning, I invite you to hear this invitation from Psalm 51. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart, a broken spirit. God, you will not despise. Friends, let's pray together as we gather for worship. Lord God, we gather in this place not because we are deserving of your love and not because we have lived faithfully before your face. We gather here because you called us. You loved us before we could love you. You have given your Son for our salvation. For this we join all creation in blessing you, praising you, thanking you. You are great and greatly to be praised. As we offer our praise, we long for you to mold us in the image of your Son, whose death and resurrection give us hope. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Let's worship together.
1: Green.
0: I invite you, um, as we begin the season of Lent, to follow along in your Bibles um, as we turn to a different gospel text each week. And this morning we turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. Um, So if you find the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we'll be in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. But a lot is going to happen in these short few verses. Mark moves pretty fast. And it's because Mark's way of describing the events of the gospel, well, in a word, we could say it's all pretty simple. Straightforward, cut to the chase. And simple is not bad. In fact, in this season of Lent, just keep in the back of your mind, what's one thing this week that could make my life a little bit more simple? What's something simple to appreciate or to thank God for, or a simple prayer to be offered. If we had to ask ourselves, is it better to pray complicated and robust prayers, or to not pray at all, it would be best to just have a simple please and thank you before God. So as we turn to Mark 1, 9 through 15, as we're mindful of the season of Lent beginning, the season of repentance and of good news, Let us, in simple words, ask God's blessing upon the reading of the Word. Let's pray together. Father, may your Word be our rule, your Holy Spirit our teacher, and the glory of Christ our utmost and primary concern. Speak to our hearts through the power of your Word with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 9 and ending at verse 15. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, "'You are my Son, whom I love.'" With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near, repent, and believe the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In my time of being a student, more formally, I hope we're always students for life as lifelong learners, but in my time of being a student, there was a wonderful tool that emerged on the Internet called SparkNotes. It was a lifesaver for slow readers. Have to read a really long book for English class? No problem. Spark Notes has you covered. It'll tell you the main characters, the setting, the main plot points that happen. It'll move along a lot quicker than what it would take to sit down and read The Lord of the Flies. I still have never actually read Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre. I'm convinced it's a great book. That's a disappointment to lovers of literature. But, I mean, it's hard to read it all when you've got the Spark notes available. But, the Internet is a frighteningly adaptive creature. Students who were raised with the Internet are frighteningly adaptive students. And also, let's not forget that teachers and educators are also incredibly adaptive, well-trained, thoughtful individuals. My high school English teacher, Mr. Adams, would reread the entire novel he would assign for us to read. And then he would also read the spark notes. And then he would design quiz questions to catch the people who only used the spark notes and hadn't read the rest of the book. So it was a little bit obscure sometimes, but everyone was getting the same grade, same grade, and he could tell who had just used the spark notes. Ah, to feel so caught, that you didn't dive into all of the details, into all of the things going on, but sufficiently, you knew the main points. You knew it was happening. Mark's gospel is like the Spark Notes version of the gospels. Now, the difference is that it is not cheating to just read the gospel of Mark. Mark, as a gospel, is completely sufficient. Meaning that if this was the only gospel that you had, that for the centuries before the Bible that we have, this simple gift should not be taken for granted before before they were all compiled together in the form that we are so used to. If you only had Mark's gospel, and there were communities that only had Mark's gospel for a few hundred years, Mark's gospel in its simplified, spark notes, cut-to-the-chase format, would be sufficient for you to know Jesus Christ. It would be perfectly sufficient for your salvation, for your reconciling with God. It does that just fine. Mark's gospel is totally sufficient. But what we might notice, if you're familiar with the other gospels, is just, wow, wow. We're moving really fast here. John, is, er, John takes its time with symbolism. Matthew and Luke seem to be telling more details of the story to give an account. But in Mark, it's like we go from baptism to temptations, to the proclamation of the kingdom, to calling disciples, to healing, to casting out demons, to feeding some people, to go, 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 go. Because Mark is trying to get to the cross of Christ as central. The most detail in Mark's gospel is reserved for that. So we might notice, if we're familiar with the other Gospels, how fast this baptism account happened, that we, we kind of just get this glimpse of what happened to John the Baptist, and we're not even explained here why he's in prison. The temptations, especially, in, in two verses, the temptations happen. And you might either wonder or know, wait, don't we have more information didn't, didn't the devil take Jesus to the top of the temple and to a high mountain? And didn't he offer him bread? And you could dive into with great detail the, the back and forth between Jesus and the devil, the ways in which they're both using Scripture, in which the devil is using Scripture to tempt Jesus, and how Jesus can fire right back. All of that matters and is good and adds to the beautiful complexity of the testimony of Christ that we have. All of it matters. But Mark, well, Mark, instead of half or a whole chapter, says, At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. The end. It's like reading the Spark Notes version, but it's not cheating, it's totally sufficient. But it goes quick. And it might remind us as the reader of Scripture that sometimes simple is okay. If you ever feel like the world is just getting too complicated, too confusing, too crazy, that life is just getting overwhelming, Mark's gospel, just the way it is written, invites us to take a step back and hold on to the simple foundations that matter most and to be reminded those are okay. There's always more to jump into. There's always more to learn. There's always more to wrestle with. But simple gives us a breath of fresh air. Simple lets us breathe. Mark's style would be more like to say, they went fishing and caught fish. If they actually did that, it's a true statement, it's perfectly sufficient. They went fishing. And they caught fish. But if you are someone who loves fishing, that is just not enough detail for you. Because if you're someone who, you know, gets magazines about fishing and reads about the new gear and, and, and keeps note of all the specifications and has the best of equipment and has some secret techniques that you have, if you pay attention to all of the ecological changes and where to fish and what season we're in, to say they went fishing and caught fish is like, but What else? I want to know a little bit more of the story. Maybe you were ice fishing, maybe you were at the pier, maybe you were ice fishing and you dropped your phone to the bottom of the lake. I know that's happened to one person here, and I promise to stop teasing them about it, so I won't name them by name. I've already stepped over that line because we are tempted people. But we could dig in. For some of us, it's enough to know they went fishing and they caught fish. And others, we want details. We want to know the equipment, the location, the method. I mean, we've been fishing as as people. Humanity's been fishing for thousands of years, and yet we can still get monthly or quarterly updates on the latest and greatest about fishing, which means it's so simple as catch a fish, and it can be something that if it is your passion there will be no shortage of great details for you to dive into. And I would offer, in Lent, if Scripture is one of your passions, then you will have great joy digging into all of the details and nuances. And there's benefit to doing so. But today, we take a deep breath. With all of the chaos of our world, with all the pressures that we feel, We take a deep breath and say, thank you, Mark. Simple is good. Simple start to Mark's gospel. The simple words of Jesus in verse 15, repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. It's not a step-by-step guide to what you need to repent of and how you repent It's not all of the explanations of what the good good news is and what it means. It is repent and believe the good news. And if we were original readers of Mark's gospel, then we would know that the word for repent most literally just means to turn away. If we're facing this direction and we need to repent from it, we need to turn away. Sometimes that's really hard work. Sometimes it takes introspection to do so. It takes reflection. That's where Pastor Audrey led us at our Ash Wednesday service is to rend our hearts piece by piece. And other times repentance needs to be so simple as: I know this is wrong and I need to step away from it. This will hurt me and I need to get out of its path. Like for those of us that went sledding at Camp Geneva on Friday. Sometimes you just know that somebody's coming towards you and you need to get out of the way. Repent from that sled. And I will say, when I was trying to take some cool video at the bottom of the hill, I heard the voice of Chris Rosich saying, if we all go at once, he'll have nowhere to go. (laughs) Folks, I am nimble. We also were reminded... Um, why it's just a really good idea on Camp Geneva's half that they require our certificate of liability from church. There was a ramp on the sledding hill. It was there when we got there. It was bigger when we left. And there are plenty more videos uh, to post later. I have a great compilation. But sometimes repentance is so simple as knowing this is wrong. This will bring bad consequence. This will harm myself or others. And we need to turn away. Repentance can be that simple. Wrestling with it can be complex. But to know what we need to do, let's not overcomplicate the simple. And also, as we think about repentance, believe the good news. Right now in Mark's gospel, if you were reading this for the first time and this was the only gospel you had and that we believe that it is sufficient even on its own, even though the bigger picture is better, To say that the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news, is enough for you to know that there is good news. There is good news. And it starts even before the cross and the crucifixion by just knowing that the kingdom of God has come near. That Jesus has drawn close to us. Friends in Lent, repentance and good news go together. This is a season of 40 days and six Sundays of repenting and of believing the good news. And we need to hold repentance and believing the good news together. Because as simple as it is, they balance each other out. If we had only repentance, we would be left miserable and defeated and kicking ourselves for how horrible we are and why we don't learn and why we don't get it right, why we're not getting any better, we are worthless and terrible. That would be repentance without good news if all we did was become aware of our sin. We need to repent. We also need to know the good news, that there is joy in our salvation and that Jesus is Lord. And that if we believe that, not just as a personal opinion, but if we view the world as that is something that is actually true, it should be good news for us and for the world. But we do, quite simply, need to repent. Even though we have asked Jesus into our hearts, even though we believe that we are saved, we need to repent. Another very simple, straightforward, spark notes kind of writer in the New Testament are the epistles of John at the end, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we, people who already believe in Jesus, claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We are people who need to repent. Because without repentance... Without repentance, without those moments where we say, I still have sin in my life because I am a human being on this sinful world. Without repentance, we don't look upward to see if we're right with God. To ask, Lord, test me and know my thoughts. And if there is any unrighteous way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. Turn me in the ways of repentance. If we don't think we need to repent, we won't look upward. We won't look inward to rend our hearts and we won't look outward to wonder, have my actions caused harm to those around me? Do I need to reconcile with someone? If we don't think we need to repent, we will not look upward or inward or outward because we'll say, it's all good news. We're good to go. We do need to repent. Repent. And even if it sounds strong, but maybe it's a simple way to describe it, we need to wrestle with the fact that as human beings, we will always be addicted to sin. Addictions aren't something you can flip a switch to turn on and off. There are ways in which we are addicted to sin, and if we think about Jesus being tempted by the devil in all of the ways that the devil thought were crafty, I believe that in the same way, we all have our addictions to sin, even if they're not typically labeled addictions. We have addictions to sin that are personalized and catered directly to us. A mental health bulletin asked this about sin, or about addiction, sorry. Theology usually asks more about sin, but there's some good overlap here, and there's some experts in the room, so I'm going to be careful about what I say and don't say. But addiction, the questions were if you're asking, is this an addiction, or I can stop whenever I want, and if we apply this now also to sin, is it defining your day? Do you do it in secret? Do your loved ones know? Do you choose it over relational connection? Would you do it in front of others? And Is it causing physical, mental, financial, or relational harm? I would say if if one of those is yes, then we might need to pull on that thread and wonder, is there some addictive behavior here? In the theological world, we would say, is there some sin, not just a moment out of character, but is there a habitual disobedience that we need to confront? And there's layers to dig into, but at the simple level, it starts with identifying this is something that is not pleasing to God that has an effect on me. So in repentance, I'm going to look upward and inward and outward and ask God, help me to repent. But we don't do so without also believing in good news. Lent is a time to repent. And we don't do that just to kick ourselves. But Lent is a time to remember how good the good news is. If your sin is only an inconvenience, then grace is mediocre. But if your sin is dire, then the good news is that the grace of God is truly amazing grace. There should be good news. There should be an understanding that there is freedom offered in Christ, that we don't repent without also believing in good news. The book of Romans just keeps re-saying it over and over again. And there's complicated paragraphs, but the simple takeaways, the Gospel of Mark style summaries would be Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning that you've got some freedom to heal. If you're afraid to talk about your sin with someone else because they might judge you, you start by remembering that there is no condemnation between you and Jesus. There is freedom and good news. And if we can start with that between us and God we can grow to live that between us and our neighbor. If we believe that God loves us, we can dare to believe that other people will love us too, even if they knew all the less than great things about us. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Isn't it amazing how simple that sounds? If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, not not Caesar, not the president, but Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's so simple. And it's so good. But we appreciate the goodness of the good news. The more honest we are with our repentance. When we celebrate communion today, we're going to celebrate all the same things that the Gospel of Mark has said. By taking these elements, this bread and cup together, we remember that Jesus and the kingdom have drawn near. That in fact, just as, just as near as our food is to us, that is as near as Christ is to our hearts. And we're going to say it together in the liturgy, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. We will say those words together. A simple declaration. It doesn't give the whole story, but it does describe what has happened, what is true, and what we hope and long for. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. It's simple, and we celebrate the simple. In, baptism of Je- in the baptism of Jesus, The voice from heaven declares, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And friends, if you've ever been to a baptism here or at other churches, you have heard us talk about how we are united with Christ in baptism, how we share in Christ's baptism. We share in Christ's sufferings, his baptism, and new life. And so if we remember that we share in Christ's baptism, then that simple word that was said about Jesus at his baptism is also spoken true over us. You are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. You are my daughter whom I love, with you I am well pleased. We share that with Christ. That's how good the good news is. Even in its most beautiful and simplified form. And that Jesus goes into the desert to be tempted. And we remember this, and Mark says that he was tempted. And it will be later in Hebrews chapter 4 that it will be specified for us that we do not have a great high priest, talking about Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one, Jesus, as our high priest, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, Yet he did not sin. This is good news. Lent is our time to practice that good news, to ask the simple yet profound questions of what we need to turn away from, and to appreciate the simple yet profound good news that God loves you, that God loves your neighbor, that God loves the neighbor that you don't like that your forgiveness might be limited sometimes, but God's forgiveness is abounding and everlasting, this is good news. And so over the next six weeks, practice simple acts of repentance. The simple ones. The holding our tongue, the saying I'm sorry, whatever the case may be. Appreciate the simple things. And repent well and believe in that good news. Hold them together. Don't kick yourself without losing sight of God's grace. And also, don't get so infatuated with God's grace that we pretend that there's nothing wrong with us, that it's just always with somebody else. It's a both and. This is why Lenten fasts can be a good thing. It might be something that we pick up that's kind of high stakes, Maybe we're testing out, actually, if I say I can not do this or quit whenever I want. Can I do it for 40 days? How hard will that be? And sometimes it might be just a simple token to remind us that it's still Lent. Something easy, simple, not cataclysmic. Sometimes it's just so simple as some way to remind you that it is Lent. Maybe it's the burlap squares that we have with the cross on it, just put somewhere in your bedroom or in your bathroom to remind you. And there's still some more available here, so that you wake up in the morning and remember, it's Lent. I will repent and believe the good news. What your fast is or what your practices are, might I urge you with Mark's gospel to say, keep it simple. Keep it simple. And, knowing that there was an old woman at our church I almost forgot my communion cup. It's the simple things. There was a woman at my home church who talked about how she had uh, given up chocolate for Lent, just to remind her that it was Lent. She gave up chocolate for Lent. She said, "You know, I've given up chocolate for Lent for the last 30 years, sometimes <laughs> successfully. We don't always do so great, but my favorite way to describe a Lenten fast is like burning a batch of cookies. When you mess up, you say, God's mercies are new every morning. I'm going to start over. I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to keep it simple until I learn the simple yet profound grace of God deep in my heart and soul. And so, friends, we're going to do much the same with communion, where we have these simple elements A wafer of bread and some juice. Simple. It's not filet mignon and a fine bottle of cab. It's simple. And it is near to us to remind us that Jesus is near to us. And the three kind of tenets of communion that we focus on are remembrance, communion, and hope. Before we begin the liturgy of communion, words that hopefully will be familiar, that sink into us, if you do need to grab a a communion set, you can either raise your hand and an elder will come to you. If you're at home and you need to run and grab something to eat and drink for an element, um, you can do that, um, or just make your way to the back. But if you do need someone to get it for you, just raise your hand and an elder will grab it for you. Well, if not, my friends... Hear these words, simple reminders of the profound truth that we know. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper that we are about to celebrate is a feast of remembrance, communion, and hope. We come in remembrance that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. By his death, resurrection, and ascension, he established a new and eternal covenant of grace and reconciliation that we might be accepted of God and never be forsaken by him. We come to have communion, communion, presence with that same Christ who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread that strengthens us unto life eternal. And in the cup of blessing, he comes to us as the true vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear fruit. We come in remembrance, we come in communion, and we come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are a pledge, they're a promise and a pledge and foretaste, or a promise and a preview of the feast of love of which we shall partake when Christ's kingdom has fully come, and with unveiled face we shall behold him and be made like him in all of his glory. Since by his death, resurrection, and ascension, Christ has obtained for us the life-giving Spirit who unites us all in one body, so we are to receive this supper in true love, mindful of the communion of saints." Friends, as we gather today, we'll be using these cups, and Pastor Audrey will lead us in prayer, and then we will partake of the elements um, one at a time, first of the bread, and uh, hopefully some of us are well-practiced at this. There's a really thin layer to pull off at the top, um, and then the juice is underneath it. But first, before we do any of that, let's pray.
2: Friends, the words of our communion liturgy will appear on the screen in just a moment. Um, As they do, I'll read the italicized font, and if you would join me in the bolded, then together our hearts will be prepared for these simple gifts. Friends, the Lord be with you. And And also with with you. you. Lift up your hearts. We lift lift them them up to to the Lord. Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It It is is right right to give our our thanks thanks and praise. praise. Let's pray. Holy and right it is, in our joyful duty to give thanks to you at all times and in all places, O Lord, our Creator, almighty and everlasting God, you created heaven with all its hosts and the earth with all its plenty. You have given us life and being and preserve us by your providence. You have shown us the fullness of your love and sending into the world your Son, Jesus Christ the eternal word, made flesh for us and for our salvation. For the precious gift of this mighty Savior who has reconciled us to you, we praise and bless you, O God. With your whole church on earth and with all the company of heaven, we worship and adore your glorious name, saying together, Holy, Holy, Holy 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 Lord, Lord, God God of power power and and might,
0: heaven and earth are full of your glory.
2: Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Most righteous God, we remember in this supper, the perfect sacrifice offered once on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ for the sin of the whole world. In the joy of his resurrection, in an expectation of his coming again, We offer ourselves to you as holy and living sacrifices, as together we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ Christ has died. died. Christ Christ is is risen. risen. Christ Christ will will come come again. again. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. Grant that being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith And grow up in all things, into Christ our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many hills into one cup, grant, O Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: On the night which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, He was gathered with his disciples and he took the bread and as was his custom he gave thanks to God he broke it and blessed it and said this bread is my body take and eat and do so in remembrance of me
2: In the same way, amongst his friends, Jesus took the cup, he blessed it, and he poured it out for them, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, remember me. Friends, the bread which we break is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: And the cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. These are the gifts of God for us, the people of God. May they be simple and sufficient as reminders of who Christ is. Amen. At this time, we're going to, um, before we go into a time of prayer, we're going to dismiss our um, three-year-olds through third graders and our Sunday school, four through twelfth. So we're going to just do one dismissal of everyone all at once. So three-year-old through third grade, as well as four through twelfth. And as our friends of different ages make their way downstairs, I'm um, just going to offer a couple prayer updates as well. Um, one comes to us from uh, Warren Brower. Um, was going to have an outpatient procedure on Friday to continue to correct some maybe leaking around the valve um, that was not able to take place yet. They need to go back to the original surgeon. Um, Warren and Jerry have both affirmed that Warren continues to feel well, um, so we give thanks to God for that. Um, but we um, they're still just uh, kind of kind of working on and after. Um, any improvements that they can make that will be well worth it. Um, also, we've had in the a bulletin about Janice Zival, um she's had a surgical consultation, and uh, they do have a surgery date tentatively scheduled for March 17th for her, and so we'll continue to um, lift her up in prayer, especially as we get closer to, um, that that may bring some relief. Um, and also we're uh, mindful, um, an email that was sent out, but um, just uh, for a couple of families who we know are grieving. Uh, one is the uh, Blackmer and Stir families. Uh, Caitlin Blackmer's fiancé Alec Stir, whose mother passed away a week ago today. Uh, we want to continue to pray for them, especially as Alec and Caitlin's wedding is only a couple weeks away. Um, also, want to pray for the uh, Dave and Christy Rock family um, at the passing of Christy's grandmother, and. Um, was brought to us this morning as well. Um, TJ Vancouvering um, graduated from Unity a couple years ago. Uh, There are some families and youth who would know TJ. Um, He was the one involved in a snowmobile accident and passed away yesterday. And so for that young life, um, for that family, and for all that's going on, we want to lift them into the Lord And we're also going to keep um, Principal Kevin Westrate and John Rosic from the Prayer Quilts in our prayers as well. As we have been fed at Christ's table, as we have been called to repent and also to believe the good news, as we offer our prayers of petition and our praise to God, let's join together in prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives our iniquity, who heals our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit, who crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. Lord, we come to you, for you, O Lord, are merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You do not deal with us according to our sins, nor do you repay us according to our iniquity. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your steadfast love towards those who fear you. And as far as the east is from the west, so far do you remove our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for us the Lord who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, and will also give us all things with and through him. Therefore, we come to you, God, with humility and with confidence, with things that we want to ask you for, and with things that we want to say thank you for. We praise you and we thank you that you have fed us at your table that you have used these simple gifts of bread and juice to remind us of the communion of saints that have shared in this meal for all the centuries leading back to you. We offer before you our gratitude that you speak to us through these elements that they are near to us as you are near to us. God of compassion, we remember before you the poor and the afflicted, the sick, the dying, the grieving, prisoners and all who are lonely, victims of war, injustice, persecution and inhumanity, and all others who suffer from whatever their sufferings may be called, whether known or unknown. So, Lord, we do come to you with gratitude for lives well lived and also for grief of lives Taken short. We pray for the Rock families, for the Stir family, for the Vancouvering family, and for all who knew TJ. We come to you in anticipation of healing for Warren, for continued progress for Steve Hamstra. We lift Kim Claussen before you for her appointed time at Mayo Clinic. And we also join today in asking for John Rosic that his time at Mayo Clinic may also bring both reparation and healing to his shoulder. We think of Kara Kuman and Sandy Papama as they both recover to literally be on their feet again. Protect them from any hindrances, bless their feet as they heal. Lord, we lift before you those who are anticipating surgery for Janice Zival and for others who are waiting, who are maneuvering through specialists and consultations to hopefully find some news. And we ask God that it may be good news and a helpful direction. Lord, we lift Principal Kevin Westrate before you. We thank you that his surgery was able to happen quickly. We thank you that he is recovering well. And we pray for him, for his recovery, and for the school, for the ways in which some children will be learning about this and understanding it for the first time, and for all the teachers and staff as they wait for Kevin's return. We pray that you bless him and bless all of the doctors and nurses and hospital staff that surround him and care for him as well. Lord, we come to you knowing that our requests are many, and yet your grace is good. And so in silence, we take a moment also to remember the answered prayers, the times that we have asked you for healing, for direction, for guidance, and you have answered. We offer these to you in silence. Lord of providence, you hold the destiny of the nations in your hand. And so we pray for our country, We pray that you inspire the hearts and minds of our leaders at all levels from local to federal to the global world that we live in. We ask that together, our nation and others may first seek your kingdom, your righteousness, so that order and liberty and peace may dwell among your people. This we ask, and we ask that you also bless us and keep us and show us The way that we may be agents of peace among all people. God, our Creator, we pray for all nations and peoples. Take away the mistrust and lack of understanding that so easily divides your creatures. Lord, we know that our adversary, the devil, will always seek to divide us and turn us against one another. Lord, give us the strength and grace to repent from turn away from the divisions that are meant to inflict pain upon your communion of saints and increase within us instead the recognition that we are all your children and that we are all those who both need to repent and believe the good news and that share the good news. Savior, look upon your church in its struggle upon the earth. Have mercy upon us for our times of weakness Bring an end to the unhappy divisions, both great and small, which plague us. Scatter our fear. Increase our courage. Strengthen our faith. Give us conviction and resolve in the simple things. And inspire our witness to all people, even to the ends of the earth, or even starting with the neighbor next door. Author of grace, God of love. Send your Holy Spirit's blessing upon your children who worship you. Keep our thoughts and our hearts guarded in Christ Jesus under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. And may we remember our Savior, who taught us to pray the words that we share together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done As the praise team makes their way forward, we're going to sing just a closing song, one of recognition of our worship and to remember that repentance means to turn. And so if we've gone astray, as we all do and will, it's about coming back. And so we're going to sing a song of response to remind us that we are coming back to our Lord.
1: Final song this uh, this morning is going to be uh, the heart of worship. It's one of my favorites. Uh, reminds me of a verse in Jeremiah that says, "You will seek me, and uh, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me when you seek me."
0: go from this place, or as we go into the rest of our day from wherever and whenever we see this service, will you rise in body or spirit for the benediction? May we be people who remember to repent and to believe the good news, and may it be truly good. And so as you go into this week, remember to clean up the small messes to keep it simple. A great way to start is by, if you're in the sanctuary, take your communion cups with you and throw them, throw them away on your way out the door. It's the simple things that work as sacramental gestures of greater truths in our hearts. And so we invite you to do that to bless your custodian. But go into this world and bless your neighbor, whoever your neighbor may be, with the grace of, of God the Father, the love of God the Son, and the loving, steadfast kindness and conviction and presence of God the Holy Spirit. May you do so in this season of Lent, but in all walks of life, for all the years that we have, until Christ shall return or call us home. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, be blessed. And in that name, all God's people said, Amen. Let us give glory to our Lord and King through the words of the doxology.
1: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Go in peace.